Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, show us good news. Give us hope. Give us encouragement. Give us faith. May we not be unbelievers, but believers, receiving the gift that you have laid up for us. We ask it even now as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So on Easter Day, the disciples hid. They were afraid. They thought that the uh, denominational authorities would be after them next because they were part of the party of, Jew, of Jesus. And not knowing exactly how this reality of resurrection unfolded before the, the court of the temple, they were terrified, but they heard, they heard that this had happened. The women had gone to the tomb, went and reported it to them, and they had, they had no idea really what to think and what to believe. So they hid. They want to place all of them together. Except for, of course, Judas. And on Easter night, except for Thomas. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of John. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, was not with them when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I, I, I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. This time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My, my Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. May God add his understanding and his hearing of his word. So one wonders, where was Thomas on Easter night? 
All the other disciples were there. We know Judas was gone. Where was Thomas? We don't know. We do know that Thomas, it's always called doubting Thomas. He's called a doubter, but I'm not so sure that he was a doubter as much as he was an inquirer, just wondering. It took him, an op- he wanted to take the opportunity to ask questions. You know the story of the Last Supper where Jesus was speaking with the disciples and he, he told them, he said, where I am going, you, can, you will follow me. Where I am, where I am going, you will, I will come to you and take you to myself. And Thomas says, well, where are you going? How can we know the way? It was Thomas who asked that question. Jesus responds by saying, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. But it was Thomas who asked that question. But the other disciples just took it in. And so one wonders where Thomas was. If he was just with family or with other friends, we don't know, but we do know he was absent. Among the disciples, he was the one who was not there on that night. And on that Easter night, there they are, and the doors are locked. And we know that that report is given to us, not so much because of the the acknowledgement of their fear. Everyone knows they were afraid, and of course they were locking themselves away. But the real reason why the gospel writer, why John says that the doors were locked, is because suddenly Jesus is with them. He appears amongst them. And, and he appears not as some kind of a ghost who's glowing. He's appear, he appears in such a way as to, to make his wounds visible, his body palpable. The risen Lord is not a ghost. The risen Lord is a transformed body. And he is with them in such a way that they can touch him. Later at the Lake of Galilee, he eats fish. He eats breakfast with them. The risen Lord. And this is a a whole understanding of of the nature of Christ, of the risen Lord, that we we don't often think about. We we tend to think that we're going to be ghosts when it's all over with. The body dies and the soul will survive, and that, that's a very Greek concept. But what the church teaches is a transformation of our bodies so that we will take on a body like that of Jesus himself. And what that is, we don't know except for the experience of the disciples of Jesus. And he's there, and he shows them his wounds, his hands, and his side where the where the the centurion put a spear into him to make sure he was dead. When that evening is over, they they tell Thomas. Thomas, they come across or they go look for him and, and they tell him, we have seen the Lord. And once again, Thomas says, you know, you saw what you saw. You saw his nail holes. You saw his side I want to see the nails, and I I want to see the side. I want to see what you saw, and I can't accept it just on your word. I can't accept it just on the word of the women. 
And so that night comes the following Sunday night. Following Sunday night comes and again they're together, again the doors are locked, and again Jesus appears. And he shows Thomas his wounds. Thomas, when he said, I won't believe unless I thrust my fingers into the holes, unless I thrust my hand into his side. He had an ardent desire to be proven. And when Jesus meets them, he says, Thomas, thrust away. Here you are. Have your way. And then Thomas responds by saying, my Lord and my God. Now, Thomas was there. Thomas had seen Jesus when he raised the son of the widow of Nain. It was a funeral procession. Jesus comes alongside and puts his hand on the coffin and the boy is resuscitated from death. Jesus also raised Jairus' daughter and Thomas was there. This little girl was gone. And Jesus goes in and said, no, 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 she's just asleep. And he raised her as well. Thomas had seen these, these raisings. And then, of course, Lazarus just a couple weeks earlier. He had seen all this before. So, so what is it about Jesus now being alive that would be, in essence, any real different from those other risings? Those others were, in fact, resuscitations. And Jesus was a transformed presence. Jesus was a transformed body. But also what Thomas experienced there was the full character of Jesus, his love, his compassion, his care. And the fact that, that he would go, Jesus would go to him, if only for him. And the reality is, that is how we all come to faith. Jesus comes to us one person at a time, one at a time. And he does what is so very essential. He associates both voice and touch in the saving work of Thomas and the saving work of us. Someone I was talking to just last week told me about how he came to faith. And he said, I don't know what was different about it. But I just felt it touch. Now, Pastor, don't think I'm crazy, but I, I really felt like God spoke to me. Voice. The Lord comes to us, and the way he speaks to us is unique to us and to ways that we can hear. And the Lord touches us in ways that are unique to us and ways that we can feel. And so the Lord comes to us one at a time. And, and he meets us where we are, wherever we are. In my relationship with those dear people over at St. Matthew's house, I hear the stories time and time again 
of how Christ has come to them and touched them in the darkest places of their lives. And these are people, many of whom have been at the very edge of suicide. And yet the Lord comes to them and gives them hope. He speaks to them. He touches them. And so likewise, our Lord comes to Thomas. Then he makes a statement. He said, blessed are those. So you believe because you see me. And the word for see is more than just the eyes. It's this whole experience that he's had. Blessed are those who have not seen, appropriated me in all the ways that you have and yet believed. And so that counts for the rest of us who appropriate this faith, who understand and somehow, somehow believe, even though we've never laid eyes on him, and we're going on the, on the tremendous witness of those who have come down to us through the centuries. And we believe. But it's not just them. It's not just their word. It's not just what they say. Let's face it. None of us can be argued into the faith. We can be engaged in all kinds of disputes and we can sort of prove the veracity of Scripture and we can, we can demonstrate this and that, but there is no proving this. If it was proof, it would not be faith. We can talk and talk and talk, but none of us can be argued into the kingdom, but we can be loved in. We can love one another in such a way that people experience somehow through us the love that Jesus has, what he demonstrates to us. My church up in Michigan was a man named Max Dupree. Max was the CEO of Herman Miller. They still make really great furniture, a lot of it office furniture. And um, uh, Max wrote a book called Leadership as an Art and I, uh, I, I loved this man, and, and he was a dear man. They had a home down here in Marco as well. But um, he writes about the birth of his granddaughter, their granddaughter, um, Zoe. It's a Greek word for life. Little Zoe was premature by about six or seven weeks. And he and his wife went into the neonative intensive care unit and there she was in one of those little incubators and they had these holes in the side with gloves so you could reach in and, <laughs> and do the coochie-coo thing with a little baby. And the nurse instructed him, as you, as you reach in and you stroke her, speak to her. She said, it is so important to associate voice and touch. And I thought, that is so true. Voice and touch. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus does. I've been watching this um, show, 1883. It's the prequel to um, Yellowstone. And I love these old Western type shows because, of course, growing up out there when I, I like Heartland, of course, and, but I, I can smell the air. I can feel the air when those scenes come on. And watching that reminded me of my, my own grandfather who 
came from Sweden and worked his way across the southern tier of Canada on the railroads in Canada. And he has this, he has this story that he told. I never heard it, but I saw it in writing. But he was on a, he was on a railroad trestle over a, over a river about three or 400 feet down. And the wind was howling and he was working on this railroad and he didn't hear the train coming. And at the last minute, he dove down and, and gripped hold of the ties. And as he held on for his life, he said, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'm yours forever. <laughs> and he watched as that train went over the top of him and his hat went drifting down into the ravine. Well, he got up from there, continued to work, met Grandma, I think in Revelstoke, Canada, and uh, they, got, they got married and had six kids. And Grandpa, I remember so well, in the house in Spokane, sitting on his foot, as he held my hands and bounced me. Yeah, me. <laughs> that was before I was big. Bounced me, but he sang. And he sang with this thick Swedish accent. Little children, little children, da 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 da. And he bounced me. And then he would pull me up on his lap and kiss me, and his sharp, bristly mustache, I still feel it. I can still smell Grandpa to this day. Voice and touch. It is the way that God communicates his love to each of us. It's a way that, that we know we are loved by God. And so he went to Thomas, why? to show his love. Thomas himself, his life was so transformed, he went off to India and he took the gospel to India. And there in that region is a memorial to his death. In all likelihood, the death of a martyr, which was the death that many of the disciples experienced. They would not compromise the truth of what they knew to be true, the love of God in Christ. They lived and they died because they had been touched and they had been spoken to by the risen Lord. Will you join me in prayer? Oh, Father, love us likewise. Speak to us. Touch us. Lord, we, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. Help us to stay on, on, the, on your side of the ledger, even though we often drift. But grant us, O oh Lord, that grace and that mercy that assures us that we belong to you now and forever. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.